You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Bronx Bombers. It is hot. It is far. It is gone. The home of Yankees baseball is WFAN. Yankees win. The Yankees win. The fan on 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Sal Licata back on the fan, so you heard it there. Mets with another embarrassing performance. You saw the disparity on full display, how good the Braves are, and how far the Mets have to go to get to that level. Yankees are going to you know, be biting their fingers here, waiting to see, or biting their fingernails, I guess, to waiting to see what's going to happen with Aaron Judge once the uh, that doc gets to take a look at the MRI results. And gives his input. Let's hope it's nothing serious. And even if it's you know a short IL stint, that the Yankees could overcome it. But the Yankees have to do something with their roster right now. It's not good enough. They released uh, Franchi Cordero, but you look at the rest. When is Aaron Hicks getting released exactly? And who's coming up here? Who are they bringing in to fill the void while everybody else is hurt? I mean, you can't have a lineup like with Willie Calhoun and Franchi Cordero and Aaron Hicks all in the same lineup. And not to mention the rookies with Peraza in there, uh, Oswaldo, who's hitting two thirteen. I mean, the guy's got energy like he's a superstar and going around there celebrating every you know, decent play that he makes. Every every hit that he gets, it's it's like party time. Every catch that he makes is party time. Problem is he's hitting two thirteen. I mean, come on, Oswaldo. you got to pick it up a little bit. Anyway. Uh, and in that game, you heard Marco mention there, DeGrom leaves with a stiff forearm, always something. DeGrom dominating, uh, looking through three innings like, uh-oh, this could be the night where he throws a perfect game, and all of a sudden he's got to leave. He walks somebody, gives up a hit, and, eh, you know what, I'm not feeling right. Hey, Met fans are used to that. Get used to it now, Texas, because that's what it's uh, been about. We mentioned the Rangers and Devils, Game 6 tonight at the Garden. We've mentioned the Knicks and the Heat, Game 1 Sunday at the Garden. Cannot wait to go. You know, it is one thing. It's a, it's like, this is a, for me, this is a seven-day work week. Into the city, five days this week. Jeez, I, now that I think about it, I went even Sunday. I was there Sunday at game four for the Knicks, and then into the city, you know, for the five days of, of the work week. And now I'll be worried. This is a seven-day work week for me. I got work to do tonight at the World's Most Famous. We got to go in there, me and my nephew, and get a W. And then again, my wife and I, on Sunday, get a W. I really didn't think that out too much. I'd like to actually not go into the city at some point over the next 14 days, but I guess it's going to be worth it to go see the postseason. Anyway, so you got the Knicks in heat, the Rangers and Devils. And then one other thing that I haven't mentioned, and I get that people love it, but I think it is the most overrated spectacle in sports, the NFL draft. Like, I'm over it. I'm over it. I don't care. Wake me up when these guys actually take the field in the NFL. Now, 
I understand the importance of it, but isn't it a little ridiculous that every single pick, every single player, oh, I love this pick here for this team. This kid's a superstar. This kid's a stud. This guy's can't miss. Look at the arm talent on that guy. Look at the escapability on this guy. When I know going in that this is a minefield, What's the percentage of these players that are actually going to be productive at the NFL level? You want to talk about quarterbacks? You want to talk about linemen? Whoever. Odds are these guys aren't going to live up to the hype that every pick is great because we've seen it time and time again. How many times do you got to get fooled by it? I've been fooled too many times over the years to put any stock in what happens on draft day. I care about what happens on Sunday. Week one, NFL. Let's go. Now I'll see if they made the right pick or not. At the time, there are no bad picks. Oh, they reached for this guy. Oh, that's like the biggest critique. Oh, he's a good player, but they reached for him. Oh, great. Every player is good, right? Every player coming out of college is getting picked in the first round or the second round should be good, ideally. Oh, some character issues with this guy. Oh, okay. You don't know until you see it play out. And obviously, it makes a big impact on where the players are going, what ready-made team, what system they're going into, what the coaching staff is like, what foundation is there. But every quarterback was a good one that was taken. Oh, they can't miss. I'm sure there's not going to be any busts in that group the way that they're talking about them, right? Young, Stroud, Richardson. Oh, no, they're all going to be great. Uh, according to what I read, they're all can't miss. They're all great guys. All, every, all got great talent. Right. The NFL draft, the most overrated sporting spectacle that there is. Tim is calling from Hicksville. What's up, Tim? Well, you basically killed my call, Sal. Um, no, 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 not at all. I was going to talk about the Giants draft, but no, no, you uh, can, you, no, 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 you can talk about it. What do you want to talk about? I'm curious to see what you have to say on it. Uh, you know what? I was rather talk about the Mets because I hear you bashing the Mets and going crazy. You're the same guy that was singing, oh, you know, bye bye, it's over last year. Listen, yeah, but I last listen, year's different. Sal. Listen, 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 Sal, I love you, but you jumped on way too much. It's very well, last early. Year, well, last year was listen, different, though. How? how well, why were you singing the song? They're a different I team. Because I, I thought they were different. Team. Well, hold on a second. Hold on, Tim. I'll let you get your point in. Last year was last year. The Mets were better last year. I thought the Mets were going to win the division going into the year. So when they were up 10 games, I certainly thought they were going to win the division. By the way, they won 101 games. The Mets this year, do you realize the Mets this year have already done things that they didn't do at all last year? You realize that, right? In yeah, one well, month? I realized they were fourteen and seven just uh, what five, five games ago, six games ago, and everyone. Was the Mets, the, the Mets didn't lose their first series last year until mid-May. The Mets lost their first series this year, the second okay. series. The Mets, the I Mets didn't get the, there, yeah. the Mets didn't get swept in a series last year until September. The Mets got swept in their second series of the year. The Mets didn't lose four in a row at all last year. The Mets already lost four in a row this year. Okay. I mean, the Mets have, but, they, uh, they are point, doing things. Yeah. Can I make my point? Yeah. Go ahead. All right, listen, I agree with you. I understand what you're saying. And listen, I was saying the same thing you're saying. I just think that the doom and gloom right now, it's just a little bit early. Listen, we're not even into May. The Mets obviously have to get, make changes. Vogelback, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's things that need to be done. But they definitely could be a different team, as you said, by the playoffs, uh, by, or by the uh, trading deadline. All I'm saying is, is like, 
maybe we should just wait for the series. It's, uh, you're acting like they got swept. I mean, the thing is, is that what gets me is, is that they could just, it's going to be rained out. But let's say the last three days, they would win. They would just win the next three games. Let's say that would happen. The whole, the whole thing changes. The whole dynamic changes. All, all I'm saying is, as Mets fans, we just got to be grounded. We all learned winning 101 games didn't matter a bit. All we do is got to get in there and get hot at the end, and then maybe we got a shot. That's all I'm saying. Right, and, 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 it's, no, and, and I appreciate that, Tim, and I'm not looking to fight with you, and thank you for the call. I, I'm, I said the same thing that you just said. I said it doesn't mean that the Mets can't get in the postseason to go on a run, and I think they will get into the postseason. Go on a run, I have to see how it plays out. I just said that I don't think they're on the same level as the Braves. I don't know how you could dispute that at this particular point. I'll give you another difference from this year to last year. Anthony DeComo tweets out, the Mets have been shut out five times in April. They were shut out eight times all of last year. If you're looking at this team and thinking it is the same as last year, you are sadly mistaken. It's not. They're not as good. Not to mention, by the way, Edwin Diaz. Not to mention your biological clock, my career. I think of that every time I say that. But anyway, not to mention Edwin Diaz. Losing him for the year. So he's not there. Their best closer. The best closer in baseball. Gone. Out for the year. So there are differences in this team. That's all that I'm saying. I don't believe the Mets right now are as good as they were a year ago. And there are facts to back that up. This is not just opinion. There are facts. The Mets already did stuff in one month that they didn't do all of last year. And you watch Atlanta, they're loaded. That's all. Now, I'd be curious to see what you wanted to say about the Giants draft. I mean, what, what, what do you want to say? Yeah, hey, look, the Giants traded up to get Deontay Banks. Love it. They needed the cornerback. Great. They took a center in the second round, needed the center. That's an obvious pick. Steal. John Michael Schmitz. Steal out of Minnesota. I hear great things about him. And then, look, you know, they need a wide receiver, so they get a wide receiver in the third round, Jalen Hyatt. What's not to like? <laughs> we'll see. Justin is calling from Floral Park. Justin? Sal, have a good time at the game tonight. I think we're going to uh, get a W. I like what they uh, reported. You're not going? No, I went to game three, Sal. Okay. Went, that's All when right. the debacle started. You know, the, the, season, the series uh, shifted when that Timo Meyer hit Sizerkin and, you know, then he took the penalty and then Hughes scored the goal. Agreed, and, I, I, and that, I, I that think was it, I think it, that you was know, BS. Has been a little pissed off, and it's really thrown his game off with them crashing into the net. And I think he's and, I, and he has every right. You know, they're not hitting anybody. You know, Truba had such an impact last year in both series against the Penguins and Carolina. And I'm sorry, he really has not done much in this series. He looks slow. It's just I'm telling you, double speed really has negated if the Truba. I'm not looking for violence. I'm not for that. No. Like I don't believe in fighting in hockey. If Truba doesn't lay out that number 88 tonight, I am going to be ticked yeah. off. I mean, I mean, where is Keandre Miller been? This uh, dude, I now. keep seeing, I keep, I keep seeing Mikola with the puck. Keandre yeah. Miller's nowhere to be found. Uh, it's unbelievable. But I do like, you know, they said they're moving Tarasenko up to the first line. They're moving Panarin down to the third line with uh, Kako and um, Heedle, and then they're moving up. Um, Laffy with Kane and uh, Trocek. So, you know what? Why not? 
try it. Yeah, well, exactly. At this point, what the hell shot. do you have to lose? Yeah, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I really think they're going to find a way to win this game, and then you know. I don't know. I, I got to be honest, like, though, Justin. Like that that might be too much, though, for me. Like these guys have been playing together all year long, and now for one game, an elimination game. Now you're going to change it that significantly? Wow, I get those last three get games, Sal, you got two yeah. goals in three games. I mean, and, you know, I don't know. I just think you put Mika with Tarasenko, two guys that are snipers, I think it's going to be dangerous, man. I really do. With Kreider in the middle there, I just think it's going to be, you know, he goes to the so net. So what are they doing now? You, they're going to have gonna Kreider? They're in the middle, you know, with, uh, on the flanks with Kreider and uh, Tarasenko. So you got okay. you know, two guys that can shoot it, and then the second that's line... The, that's the top line? Okay, yeah. yeah then the second line, line you're going to have Laffey, Kane, and Trocek. Third line's Panarin I, I hate with Hedl and Keiko. Uh, I hate the second line. Third line is Hedl, Kako, and who? And Panarin. Panarin's been I, terrible, Sal. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, he's been terrible with his paternals, honestly. I mean, he's just been awful. He has, yeah. He's not done anything in this series, Sal. Yeah, they're going to lose. It's been, I mean, you know, listen, you got to do something. The last three games have just been atrocious. Uh, you know, I'm just, not, I'm the not power play has been non-existent. And then one last thing I want to talk about with the Yankees. So, I, I mean, it's like a broken record here. But Cashman, how do you go into this season with this outfield, okay? You know Stanton's getting hurt. Every Monday, Tuesday, this guy's hurt. Bader, <laughs> who you traded for, was already injured, and now he's hurt again. And now, Judge, you knew this was going to happen. You knew Judge was going to get hurt, Sal, as soon as he signed this contract. So I, I told you two years ago I wanted Conforto on this team. I, I mean, they don't call up any of the young kids. I, I want Dominguez called up. It's never going to happen. Even Jurek's and Profar at yeah, the end of Profar's spring training was available. Yeah. yeah. I just don't understand. The, again, they give Cashman extensions out the galore. What has he done? He signs Rondon, who's hurt. I mean, he just—he he never develops a pitcher. Severino's hurt all the time. I mean, this guy just gets the pass, and it's like, it's, it's unbelievable to me, Sal. And I don't see it getting better in the future. I really don't. Well, it's basically been a lot of the same, and thank you for the call, Justin. It's basically been a lot of the same. This, to me, and, and I was saying that the Yankees need to make a change two years ago. This, to me, is not about Brian Cashman being bad at his job. Sometimes you need to change things up just for the sake of change. The Yankees need an organizational change as far as the vision goes for building this team. Now, it's hard to say that. Because I know that even in a bad year, they're going to win 90-plus games and make the postseason. But obviously, something isn't working because it is the same thing every year. It's the same thing every year. And there is something, too, guys coming here that have had success elsewhere, failing, and then guys leaving here and having success elsewhere again. Brian Cashman has a knack of finding a lot of those guys, which makes me think he's just looking at numbers somehow. I don't know what the hell it is that they're doing. Looking at just the power numbers, not taking into account the player's mentality, the toughness, the ability to stay healthy, durability, you know, whatever, all those things. Because it's the same stuff. You know, it's been a lot of things that he's done wrong. Whether it is making the all-in move for Stanton, which took them out of the mix for better fits, better players. This is years ago. Whether it is going in and trading for the young, controllable starter that has been the wrong one. Sonny Gray, Pineda, Montas, you know, bringing in Paxton. 
whether it is bringing in guys who are always hurt, whether it is bringing up prospects that don't pan out, sticking with Gary Sanchez didn't work out, Glaber Torres has not been as good as they had hoped. And Duhar, Frazier, we went over, you know, we went through that phase. And now he's trying to go with it again with Peraza and Volpe. And look, you have to love what you've seen from Volpe, so I'm not trying to knock him. I'm just saying, like, you know, they need, the Yankees need these young guys to now play a significant part here. The failed Donaldson IKF trade, I mean, that is a disaster. He's made some doozies in the last two years. Aaron Hicks riding him out. Severino always hurt. Another one. And still, in, in a bad year, they win 90-plus games getting into the postseason. I get it. And people will say, wow, the Yankees made it to the LCS last year. I understand that. But the Yankees didn't get better. Other teams did. Which means the Yankees likely will be worse than what they were a year ago. And all you need to know that something's wrong with the Yankees, they lost the season series to the Minnesota Twins. They never lose to that team. Never. It's been over 20 years since they lost the season series to the Twins. Now, again, I know that they're nowhere near fully healthy. When they get healthy, it'll be a different story. Sure, it will. But will it be too late in their own division by then? Are they as good as the Rays or the Blue Jays or the Orioles? Look at their team right now. You tell me that's a Yankee team? That looks like, if you didn't know any better and you just looked at those lineups, you would think that this is the Orioles lineup as opposed to the New York Yankees lineup. It's an embarrassment. Yankees fans, baseball is back. Deep left, it is high, it is far, it is gone! Catch every pitch from every New York Yankees game live with Sports Radio 1019 WFAN on the free Odyssey app. A Stantonian home run. The voices you know, the team you love. Yankees win, the Yankees win! Your New York Yankees, your Odyssey. Download the free Odyssey app today. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. I have breaking news for you. Uh-oh. The New York Jets have finalized the trade for Aaron Rodgers. What? It is done. Really? Aaron Rodgers is now a New York Jet. What up? When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Back on the fan. Total 2 a.m. Chris McMonagle will take you through the overnight. Ian Begley of SNY just tweeted out some of the start times for the Knicks Heat series here. Uh, man, I can't get enough of this. I don't think I've been as excited for a postseason series um, in quite some time. I mean, the only one that comes to mind would be the Rangers last year against Lightning. And maybe now, you know, looking back, I don't remember being as into it, uh, uh, you know, now as I, I probably was at the time. But this is different. Knicks being back in it in the second round against Miami, this is incredible. So I'm all for it. Sunday, obviously, one at the Garden. That uh, that start time was set. Game one, one o'clock Sunday. 
Tuesday night, game two at the Garden, May 2nd, 7.30. Okay, fine. Then it gets interesting. Saturday, May 6th, game three in Miami, 3.30. So next Saturday, 3.30, May 6th, and I already got an issue here because this is my wife's nephews. I mean, I guess my nephews too through marriage, but my brother-in-law, their kid's birthday. Twins, the twins' birthday party. So we got to go there that day. So this is going to be a problem for me already. So I'm already thinking, okay, well, 3.30. Because if it's an 8 o'clock game, but like, all right, we got to leave. See you later. We can leave early, come home, watch the game, no problem. 3.30 now is in the middle of the day. Probably like prime party time. So we have to figure that situation out. Otherwise, Uncle Sal's maybe going to be a little sick that day. <laughs> Monday uh, for game four, 7.30, okay. Wednesday, game five at the Garden, May 10th, no time yet, which is interesting that they would have no time. And I get like you'd say, well, the games, if necessary, they don't have a start time. But check this out. So no start time for game five, no start time for game six, which would be Friday, May 12th in Miami. But they do have an eight o'clock start time for a potential game seven, Monday night, May 15th in New York. Man, Knicks heat. What year is this? Antonio is calling from Manhattan. What's up, Antonio? Hey, how you doing, man? How's everything going? Good, Antonio. How are you? Good, good. Uh, no, it re- really briefly, I want to talk about the Mets, but really briefly, uh, you were talking about the, the Yankees. Farce, uh, I was thinking about the Yankees far- farm system and the Mets. And I'm thinking, I look at the Mets in the last 20 years, let's say, Alonzo, DeGrom, Nemo, Lugo, Wright, Jose Reyes. I look at the, at the Yankees. Now look at just Judge, McNeil. nobody else. Maybe a, a Gary Sanchez. What does what does he's done? Uh, even a Glaber Torres. Remember they got him to a, be a trade. And remember, like uh, um, I remember Montero, the Chapman remember trade. Tra- the, the Chapman exactly. trade. Oh yeah, Jesus exactly, Montero. Yeah. How could I forget yeah. the next Mike Piazza? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the thing is, yeah, I mean, as far as their farm system, they haven't really produced much. If you look back. As far as the last 20 years, if you look at the Yankees, they really haven't produced that much. So I think. Well, I mean, Aaron Judge, though, Aaron Judge makes up for a lot of those misses, right? Because he's the best player in Mm -hmm. baseball. I mean, or one of the best players in baseball. So you got to give him great credit for that. And look, Volpe looks like a stud. And you're right, they are due to hit on one of these guys. But it looked like Mm -hmm. with those baby bombers, and I'm not just, obviously, not just guys that were homegrown, but the guys that they acquired in the one year that in, in recent history that the Yankees were actually sellers back in 2016, Clint Frazier, Glaber Torres, you know, they all these guys, obviously Frazier's been a total bust, but they, Glaber has been a disappointment. He hasn't panned out either. Exactly. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I think, you know, that's something I think that has to be looked at as far as uh, Cashman's record. I mean, I'm not uh, – I know you hire – I mean – you think he's he's good? I I really don't. I think he's had, he's not really a good Who? GM. But at any rate, uh, oh, Cashman. Cashman. I don't, I don't I don't think so. I mean, because well, I mean, he's had that, I mean, he, but he's had sustained he's had sustained success. Antonio, hard to argue that Brian Cashman hasn't been a successful general manager. Depending on what your criteria would be, I mean, the guy's always won. Any team would yeah. kill to have the Yankees sustain success, but I do think it's time for a change here. And I'd also like to see Cashman, what he could do without the benefit of the payroll that the Yankees have. Exactly, and that's the thing, the payroll. Real quick, so I want to talk about the Mets, and I think what's happening now, I think a lot of it, um, 
uh, has to do, uh, look, I'm not worried about the lineup. My concern is more, I think what's been happening lately, if you look at the last at least uh, week, I think it's more the lineup. They kind of like putting pressure on, them, on themselves because, because they know that they don't have a good pitcher probably that day. And so they know that they have to, you know, they're going to have to score runs. And so right now with the situation, when you have, you know, guys are AAA pitchers basically pitching, I think that, that puts a lot of pressure on the lineup. So, that, you know, that's what I said. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago that I think the Mets, they needed to get a starting pitcher. I'm not talking about, uh, uh, you know, a number one. I'm, I'm thinking more like a, like a three or four because I think, you know, that's going to kind of like – stabilize things because I think that's a problem. And look, and I know Berlander is coming back next week. I, I totally yeah, understand and, that. And uh, Quintana, I guess, started throwing or playing catch, so they're encouraged about that. I think they're going to get Quintana back. And thank you for the call, Ant uh, Antonio. We appreciate checking in, as always. They're going to get Verlander back here next week. He had his rehab start yesterday. He's not going to have another rehab start, so he should be back against the Tigers. Scherzer coming back off the suspension, assuming there are no rainouts, he'd be able to eligible to come back Monday against the Braves. If not, he's coming back next week. So it just depends on how many games they play here um, over this weekend. So if you could get Quintana back at some point over the next month and a half, maybe, well, I don't think that's going to be a huge difference, but at least it stabilizes things to where maybe you don't have to look at you know, Peterson anymore. Or certainly Jose Buto, he'll be out of there. He'll be the first guy to get booted. Um, so we'll we'll see what the Mets rotation. But to me, it's not about that. I think the rotation will get better. I think the team will look different once Scherzer and Verlander do get back in there and eventually some of the others start to fall into place. I'm worried about the lineup because I didn't think the lineup was good enough coming in. So I certainly don't think it's good enough now after what I've watched through the first month of the season. Nick is calling from East Chester. What's up, Nick? Sal, how you doing? Good, Nick. How are you? I'm good. You know, I, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying about the Braves are significantly better than the Mets. Absolutely true. Right? But it's crazy because this lineup going into this season, and you know this, basically exactly the same as last year. They didn't do anything right. to improve the lineup. Right? They got Correa for two weeks. You know, things happen. I actually think we're better off with Beatty. Right? The kids are playing great. But they need to improve this lineup to have any hope of going anywhere this season. I still think that, you know, we'll win 90 games, hopefully. Right. Fingers crossed. But maybe 90-plus, who knows? But you're absolutely right. They're not as good as they were last year. I think the bullpen is better. Well, you can't say it's better without you can't say it's better without Diaz. It's definitely deeper no, I, than it was a year ago, but it can't be better without Diaz. I totally agree with you. I'm talking about just, like, middle bullpen, not leading Agreed. up to Diaz. There Agreed, were a lot of middle bullpen yeah. guys last year who they'd come in, and I'd be like, oh, here we go. But now, you know, I like Brooks Raleigh. The only guy I'm really like, uh, is Tommy Hunter. You oh, know, well, he, he's, he, kinda, he sucks. I mean, uh, no, Hunter's a great dude. Yeah, great dude, great personality, not a great pitcher. And unfortunately no. for him, his his job's to pitch. So Buck loves him. I don't know why they have a soft spot for him. Uh, it, uh, you can't have Tommy Hunter on the team. I'm sorry. I agree. I agree. But the weird thing is, and this is the point I'm getting to, I trust ownership to put to add bats to this lineup to put the best possible team in front of us, who I don't trust is Billy Epler. So you got to hope that Cohen steps in enough and tells him, you know, 
get this guy because last year's deadline was a major letdown. I like Vogelbach a lot. A lot of people hate on Vogelbach. I think Vogelbach is one of the most efficient offensive players we have. But whoa, no, I can't, I can't let that go without a retort <laughs> there. Nick, come on, come back to me here. Vogelbach when you're, is when you're a looking at the horrific spot. baseball player. Yeah, when you when you're looking. When you're looking at the DH spot, the only complaint I have about Vogelbach is he watches too many pitches. But yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't like to swing the bat. Yeah, it's a good. I that's think a if he swung complaint. more, if he swung more, he would he would hit more doubles and he'd hit more home runs, obviously. But he he gets on base. That's maybe not what you're looking at, looking for. Excuse me. In a DH, when when you think DH, you want a guy that comes in and and rips one out of the park. Well, how about Rip this? I don't, I don't care. I don't care about DH or not. I'm not looking for a guy that can't run to be a on base guy who walks. That's not what I'm looking for there. I'm looking for. I don't know if I'm ever looking for that. But if he ran, you know, if this were um, what's the guy's name? The the speedy guy, uh, Terrence Gore. If this were Terrence, Terrence Gore. Gore, yeah, then I'd be okay with that. If this were Billy Hamilton, I'd be okay with that. Daniel Vogelback is the complete antithesis of what those guys are. So I don't want Daniel Vogelback to go up there looking for walks. I want him to swing the bat. He should have more power, but he literally does nothing else other than draw walks. How he doesn't field, he doesn't run, he doesn't hit for power, he doesn't hit for average. So again, what does he do? Well, he gets on base, he draws walks. That's great. Then when he gets on the bases, he clogs the base paths. I see your point. They 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 got to add another bat regardless. And you know Lindor isn't helping either. I feel like lately he had three RBIs or four RBIs last night. But the the good guys got to be better. And also it's kind of the same with the Yankees. Like when Judge doesn't perform, the whole lineup doesn't do anything, right? Alonzo and and Lindor. If you know if if Lindor has one hit one night and Alonzo goes over three, the, the offense is completely flat. Can I you know, tell you the difference hit, they, though? Can I just tell you the difference between the Mets and the Yankees? And this is a pretty easy one, right? Yeah. The Mets lineup is whole, essentially. Outside of Narvaez, the Mets lineup is whole. The Yankees is not. Yeah. That's the difference where they're missing. They're, they're banged up. Yeah. The Mets are missing guys in the rotation, but the Mets lineup, they have Nimmo, Marte, who stunk, who has stunk so far this year, Lindor, who has stunk so far this year, Alonzo, McNeil, Canna, Pham, Vogelback, Beatty, all these guys, Escobar, all these guys are healthy. The only spot that they're not healthy in that starting lineup is Narvaez at catcher. And that's hurt, but that's one spot. The Yankees, on the other hand, they are missing a ton of guys. Stanton, Donaldson, Bader. I mean, you look at that now, obviously, Judge is out of there. I mean, the Yankees are missing a ton of different guys. LeMayu at times, and he's back in there healthy now, which is good. But the Yankees are missing a significant amount of, of players here. Yeah, I agree with you. They, they look, they just gotta get these pitchers healthy, stay afloat, and you cannot have a letdown trade deadline. You just can't. You can't afford it. You want to make the postseason. You want to not lose in the wild card. You gotta get a bat. You and Nick, to. overall, overall, outside of the Vogelback stuff, I think we're in agreement here. I we said the same thing. Like we are. I think the Mets are gonna they're gonna make the postseason, and I trust ownership more than I've ever trusted any ownership before. And thank you for the call, Nick. Good stuff. I know Steve Cohen is gonna do whatever it takes to win. Just a matter of what moves they're able to make, what moves they're willing to make come trade deadline, and how those moves obviously are going to improve the ball club. And will Billy Epler and his staff 
execute properly. But you know they're going to have the backing from Steve Cohen. How impactful are the young kids going to be? Whether it's Mauricio, Vientos, we'll see what Beatty and Alvarez could do. You hate that a team with the highest payroll is so reliant on so many young guys, but that's the reality of this Mets situation. But the difference with them and the Yankees, at least with the Yankees, you could say, yeah, but when Judge gets back in there, Stanton gets back in there, Donaldson gets back in there, Bader gets back in there, we're a different ball club. With the Mets, you look at it and say, mm, all the guys are here, but we're still not scoring. Hmm, how's that going to work? Well, what they need is Marte and Lindor in particular to get going. Then they need to find out how they're going to get productivity out of the DH spot, left field, and catcher. Because I do think Beatty will give it to him at third base. And this has been the same issue last year. DH, third base, catcher, left field. So maybe third base is solved with Beatty. What about DH, left field, catcher? That's the problem. They have guys there. And they're just not getting a job done. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The Knicks win their first playoff series since 2013. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Got it back on the fan. Finish up on the phones here. C-Mac, Christmas Monica will take you through the overnight. Whatever it is, it's on your mind on this. Now Saturday morning on the fan. Mark is calling from California. Good morning, Mark. What's going on? How um, much, Mark? How are you? So that last caller talking about Vogelbach, man, I'm like, man, I mean, I'm a Yankees fan, but I mean, I could get some Mets fans on the phone right now that are like, Definitely disagree with that. Vogelbach is the best player. That how I many come on? Don't even, oh my god! Well, the the guys that should, right. Tell me you don't watch the games without telling me you don't watch the games. And it's about. It's not. I'm not knocking the caller. I'm saying they look at numbers. It's what the Mets front office is doing. They would look at Vogelbach. And say, oh, look at his on base presented. Oh, look. What I mean, no, I, I watch him play. He's not a baseball would, player. Right. I thought they would get rid of him after the season. I thought he was just one of those like pickups early in the season. And he played good early on, but then he just. It just died out, you know what I mean? It just wasn't like the same productive. And 
he's actually wasting at bat playing games. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who are you gonna who are you gonna pick? You gonna pick him, or you're gonna pick Frankie Cordero, who's cooled off for the Yankees? He had four homers, and all of a sudden he's cooled off, and they sent him down today as well. But it's just you know, guys come up, they play, and then you know, if you don't have any other options, you keep it. But this Giants draft style is like, I mean, this is. I mean, Giants don't have a fourth round pick, but blowing my mind, this guy. And this is the second year of Shane, and everyone was sitting here saying this guy was a genius in Buffalo, a mastermind of like playing chess with these drafts. And let me tell you something Giants got the number one rated corner in football last year, Giants got the number one rated center, and they now got a guy who is similar to Gabe Davis. And if you know this, this wasn't even Shane's pick. This was uh, Dable just calling up and making a trade on his own because he wanted this guy. Tell me that this guy isn't a great coach for the Giants. I see it on Twitter like, oh, come on. It's one year. Think about what he did last year, bro. He's coach of the year for a freaking reason. What did he do with the roster they had last year? Come on. I, I, I love I love Brian Dable, and I hope to see him on hand the world's dude. most famous. I love – how could you not? Like, if you were to ask me right now, Sal, give me – you know, everybody calls with the hypotheticals, oh, who would you like to interview or this or that. If you were to ask me right now in New York sports, give me top three, even top two, maybe the guy, maybe top one, which New York sports figure would I like to hang out with the most right now? Brian Dable is atop that list. He reminds me so much of Tom Coughlin, like so much of – that, like, even when the Giants lose, it's just that smooth demeanor that he just gets everyone going the next week, you know. And Giants had a lot of ugly games last year, but, I mean, the Giants now also added Jalen Hyatt, who had 15 touchdowns last year. I mean, you watch the game against Alabama, five catches, 207? What? Dude, it's 4-3 speed. Dude reminds me exactly of Deshaun Jackson. Like, the dude is bigger. You know, the dude's fast. Giants got their number one, and then you got the slot guys and Paris Campbell and Hodgins and Waller. Barkley comes back. I mean, yeah, I mean, big. I need to see it play out. I do like the fact though that Dable felt that strongly about it to where he was trying to, you know, work the phones and send the text to make the trade happen for Hyatt. I, you know, I know I didn't watch him play at college. Don't know anything about him other than what you just said, and we're, you know, we're learning about him after the Giants take him here uh, in the third round. But well, uh, look, he won I do the trust Fred Belinknoff award. Right, which goes to the best right. wide receiver in the country. And then, why did he go in the third round? Well, just because he's got a little question with uh, his route running. The thing about the Giants is that right. it fits him perfectly because, just like Gabe Davis in, in Buffalo, remember Gabe Davis also went in the third round, but he had that right. speed. But yeah, I'm not saying that he can't be good. I'm not saying right. I, I'm not saying a third round pick can't be good. But if you're saying he's the best wide receiver in college football to go in the third round, right. I, I mean that doesn't add up to me. Um, just on the surface, but look, the Giants drafted by need, and uh, you know, I'm assuming got skill players that they like here with uh, with Banks, certainly with Hyatt, and then they get the center that they want in the second round. So we'll see. On paper, yeah, it looks great. But I just here's what it comes down to: you have to trust Mark, and at this point, I think that we do. Joe Shane and Brian Dable to run things for the Giants, and I trust that they're making the right calls. And I mean, everyone's sitting here saying about Daniel Jones, right? Which I saw a lot. I mean, listen. I have a bunch of them, and I'm, 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 I'm taking receipts, Robert Saller, right? I'm taking receipts because here's the thing is, is that Jones has never been really surrounded like by weapons. Like the reason the Giants drafted Barkley so high was because they wanted to take the pressure off Eli Manning in his final year. So they were like, oh, we're going to draft Barkley. Uh, the reason why the Giants went after Kenny Galladay was because 
stupid idiot traded away Beckham because they needed to, right? And all of a sudden, he's like, I need a receiver, and the best receiver available was Galladay. Let's go after Galladay. Yeah, it's a mistake. I I get it. And look, I don't love Daniel Jones as much as you do, Mark, and thank you for the call. But he certainly proved a lot of the doubters wrong last year. Now he's got to do it again because he's had one good year. And I think a lot of it had to do with Dable. But the good news is Dable's not going anywhere. So it's irrelevant what Daniel Jones would do anywhere else. That's a hypothetical that does not matter. The reality is Brian Dable is the Giants head coach, and he isn't going anywhere. And Daniel Jones is the Giants quarterback, and he isn't going anywhere. So that's the combination that teams in the NFC are going to have to mess with. I love Dave's. Now, you say Ramondre Coughlin. Maybe there are parts of him that when he gets on somebody or yelling on the sideline, like he's got that take-no-BS mentality like Coughlin, but he's got a tremendous personality. And I think I don't believe he takes himself too seriously, where I think Coughlin did, certainly before he adjusted. Remember, Coughlin had to change a little bit, and that's when he finally you know broke through and won that first Super Bowl. Nick is calling from State College. What's up, Nick? Hey, how you doing, Sal? How are you, Nick? Good. Uh, first of all, I agree with you on Brian Dayball uh, as a Giants fan. I think he's bringing in like a, a personality and energy that this team really hasn't seen in a long time. Um, I think he's able to connect with the players, um, just like in a being more right. youthful and uh, in a more, I guess, uh, emotional way. I, I think he's connecting with these players way more than a, a Pat Shermer or Joe Judge is able to. So, um, you know, agree a hundred percent. Agree a hundred percent. Yeah, I, so uh, I agree with there. My main point was about the Mets. I just want to throw out a few stats out there that is uh, indicative of this $350 million payroll. I mean, this team is 19th in the majors in batting average, 14th in runs, 19th in home runs, 16th in ERA. I mean, they just don't excel in anything, and I think that's what's really frustrating is that, I mean, it's across the board, it's just – complete mediocrity and that's what I'm worried about right now. Well, how was this team built, Nick? What what was supposed to be their strength coming into the year? It's supposed to be their contact and their um, pitching, most of all. And I know their pitching is obviously... Their starting rotation. And thank you for the call, Nick. Their starting rotation. They haven't had Scherzer... I mean, Verlin doesn't pitch a game. So we expect that to change next week. The entire look of the Mets could be different when you see Scherzer and Verlander in that rotation at the same time. They better hope that that's the case. And then once they get Marte and Lindor going, they'll look like a different team. They should be a playoff team, at the very least. Jim and Haverstraw. What's up, Jim? Uh, Salami. Come on, Haverstraw. 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 I always, I think I say it different every single time. Haverstraw. What's up, Jim? Yes, you do. And listen, Fable is, is, is she is such a perfect too, just for the New York, for the Giants, the team, what they represent. Like you see him at the Rangers game, he gets put on the jumbotron. Yep. He's like he's perfect in every sense, man. I so, love him. I, I love Coach Dable, and I love his fire uh, at the Ranger games in particular. But how could you not root for this guy? Coach Dable makes me root for the Giants. Simple as that. I believe in him and Shane. I think the Giants are in great hands, and I think they have – look, obviously they had success this year. Forget about what I think. The reality was they had success this year. I expect it to continue moving forward. May not get as far as they did a year ago, but they're in great hands as a franchise. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the future. I, I really am. And, you know – 
segue into that, right? The Yankees and Cashman. It's like, you know, I, I mean, we've been talking about this for a very long time. It's like, and I agree with, you know, everything you say, right? I mean, the guy calls up and he's kind of like, Cashman, what has he done? What has he done? I mean, there's that one stat where it's like the Yankees have played like six games in his tenure that they haven't been able to make the playoffs or something like that, like something ridiculous. Right. But um, it's just time for him to go, right? And it's I love him, and thank you for everything, right? Here are your horrible picks. Here are your great picks. You were great, but, you know, it's just at the end of the day, Sal, you know, I, I think the team has lost, like, the love of the game, and it's all business, strictly business, right? Cut your hair, no mustaches, whatever it is. I, know, I don't know the- about that. I'm not sure about that, Jim, and thank you for the call, as always, from Haverstraw. Haverstraw. Which one is it? Haverstraw, right. I think. Haverstraw. Anyway, thank you for the call. I don't know if it's about the policies or not having fun or all that. I just think it's been one guy, one vision, one guy calling the shots. You could bring in different guys in the front office, but it's basically Brian Cashman's show, and it just hasn't worked. Time for a new voice, a new face. That's how sports work. Anyway, that does it for us. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. Appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks to Alex Azarum behind the scenes. We appreciate his help. Rosie before him. Enjoy your weekend. Go Knicks. And let's go Rangers. C-Mac, he's next. He'll take you through the overnight. We'll see you Monday. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.